I like Marcus Smart. He's a good brother. I remember watching him at Ohio State. Sorry, Oklahoma State. Oh. Big 12 player of the year. I even liked it when he pushed that white man in the stands. Me too. But you mean to tell me he got defensive player of the year when he ain't even top three defensive players on his team? That's blasphemous. This is utterly ridiculous. You, you know what? The NBA needs to be drug tested. They do. And let me tell you something. I get it. Primitive players, they have it hard. They got to guard themselves on the island. They want to, they got to guard Kyrie, KD. I get it. It's hard on the primitive. But you don't do it what everybody else has to do. That's blasphemous. And I'm not having it. Stephen Dan Smith. Welcome to another episode of Chopper Soup Convos. I'm here, your man Dan, with the master plan. DJ Jamal, a.k.a. 8-Ball Mall, who doesn't DJ, what's going on? Damn, man, you starting off with hate. What's going on? Where's that coming from? Because Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, and I don't understand. Why you got to throw a straight my way? Because you you look like you can hang out with Marcus Smart. I'm to say I don't DJ. You don't write. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can look it up. Google my yeah. name. I got new articles every day. Yeah, whatever. Where? Straight drop. WorldSoccerTalk.com. Check it out. What is that, a message board? Nah, man, it's an actual website. WorldSoccerTalk.com for all the slow people in the back. Yeah, it sounds like a cool message board. Cool beans. But anyways, Marcus Smart, what were you saying? WorldSoccerTalk.com. Get those numbers up. I got a new drop. Come on, man. Arsenal 142. Shout out to the Gunners, even though I wanted y'all to lose. Mikel Arteta. Yeah, damn terrorists. Reddit, redditsoccer.com, guys. You heard it. You heard it here first. Hey, man. They know what's up. My homies say they see me on Bleach Report all the time. <laughs> Salute to y'all brothers. But what are we talking about? We talk, yeah, Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year. That's blasphemous. This guy, I saw ESPN had to make up a stat and said he got the most loose balls. <laughs> what the hell is that? Is that a stat? No, nigga. What is that? Y'all don't even know what that you can is. Make like. up. That's what I'm saying. These analytics people, you can make up anything. And lose ball, they make it seem like that only happens on the defensive end of possessions. It happens on offense, too. Foolish stat. That's the fuckery that happens when you have to make up reasons for people to win. That's that Boston bias. So you mean to tell me the NBA honored him just because he complained? Yeah, I mean, it's... Not just him, it was all the perimeter defenders saying, oh, man, it's so hard to guard people on the on an island. They act like they Darrell Revis. This is not football that you have to guard somebody on the other side of the foot on the field or on the by yourself. This is basketball, 94 by 50. You know the dimensions. And yeah, is it hard to guard people when you can't be physical? Of course, but it's not like Marcus Smart is shutting down anybody because it's hard to do that in today's game. I'm not saying he's not a great defender. He is, but think about it. the last two guards to win defensive player of the year is Gary Payton and Michael Jordan. Is Marcus Smart on that level of defending? Hell no. Is Patrick, Tony Allen should have gotten defensive player of the year. Should have Patrick or, Beverly gotten it over him? No, Patrick Beverly is kind of like Marcus Smart. They're both flop bosses that work very hard. They're the heart and souls of their teams. They're very smart, but they're tactical. But nah, man, even before this season, the NBA 
all the general managers, they participate in a survey. They asked them a multitude of questions. One of them was, who is the best perimeter defender in the league? And over 50% said Drew Holiday. Marcus Smart and Patrick Beverly were in the receiving vote section. They've got a couple votes. They so are, they're not the top of the line, niggas. Can you name the five best perimeter defenders? What, in basketball today? Yeah. Is that hard to do? I'll say Drew Holiday, Mikel Bridges. Hmm. See, that's the thing. Kawhi has been hurt. He don't count. Paul George didn't play enough games. He don't count. And that's why people, that's why Marcus Smart wins because the best defender on the Celtics this year was Robert Williams, but he missed 21 games. So they're like, who can we give credit to? Let's just give it all to Marcus Smart. He made all defense a couple times in the past. This guy, even Jason Tatum had better advanced analytics defensively than him. But it is what it is. Hey, this brother, he wore a robe to the game like he's Muhammad Ali, please. I I wanted Kyrie to drop 60 on him, but it looks like they playing right now. The Celtics are about to win. It looks like they up 99-94 with four minutes left. I think the Celtics got a good chance of making the finals. Jamal, you don't believe that? No, I think the Bucs are going to go and win. Yeah, well... They got a chance. I mean, they got a, a beautiful first round series, very easy against the Bulls. Chicago Cows. Yeah, they they swept them in the regular season for nothing. So we'll see if that happens again in the playoffs. You think Ben Simmons is going to play next game? Man, they acting like he might play, but I, I don't believe it. This brother hasn't played in almost a year. And now you want to come back in this intensity of the playoffs? I think that um he's scared of... uh white rabbit fan bases but that's everywhere in the nba no not like boston philly but that's the point do you we understand black people only make up 13 percent of the country but i said rabbit yeah that happens and it's the playoffs what do you mean everybody all the rabbit whites are out they're turned this is not like yeah but uh, you know what i'm talking about god damn it like a diverse fan base is like Atlanta and Memphis. Nobody is like Boston and Philly. Maybe Chicago or something. I don't know, man. Memphis isn't crazy. Yeah, that's what I said. Utah gets kind of nuts. That's what I said. Memphis and Atlanta are more diverse crowds. Utah Utah gets gets up a little bit. Yeah, Phoenix gets turned. So I'm saying, yeah, but they're not as mean as like Utah. Like Utah fans are, they're crazy about the Jazz, bro. Everybody is crazy about their fans. You can go. Yes, they are. This no, is, they're this not is. like the uh, damn 76ers. Oh, Lord. Nobody's like the 76ers fans. They're one of the best fan bases in all of sports. Yeah, because it's the East Coast bias. People hype up Philly, Boston, and New York fans. A lot no, of areas have rabid fan bases like that. Don't bring up New York. I don't care. I know they got pretty good fan base and Spike Lee and shit, but I don't respect the Knicks, so I don't respect their fan base them at all who cares about them they're irrelevant but philadelphia is definitely a sports crazed town for sure yeah utah jazz that's all they got that's all utah jazz got i don't think they got no hockey team or nothing so yeah so they're crazy about the jazz and um 
Phoenix, I'm sure they're happy when they win, but they suck too, so I don't care about them. Everybody has crazy fan bases when they win in. Yeah, that's true. But I <laughs> that's just think, what it is. But I think Ben Simmons is scared of northern white people. He doesn't want to play against them. He's gonna play against Boston. And you said they're the king of the northern whites. What do you so what are you saying? You said Boston was the white capital of America. Yeah, and you said that he's scared of northern whites, but everybody's saying he's gonna play this series. So what's what? Hey, we'll we'll see. If he don't play, then we know it's true. What? Then we know it's true what he, that his fear. All right, let's get away from sports. This was useless. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes sports isn't just numbers and uh, X's and O's. Yeah, but I don't give a damn about what fan base has got the whitest people. Who gives a damn? Let's talk about something with substantial. Did you read Future's uh, GQ cover story written by Elliot Wilson, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could play his laughs right now, but um, I remember Wayne. He could like he couldn't almost take it. He was just like, "Yo, this nigga is really laughing right now, <laughs> crazy." But um, oh, I didn't read the whole thing. I read like oh, sixty seventy percent of it. I mean, eventually he just kept repeating himself over and over. Like this guy, future. He's he does this. He can be sad and he's dynamic and. He's a voice of a generation. And I was like, I, I get it. You know what I mean? It was a it was a dope read, though, and I am going to finish it. But, hey, man, your boy is busy sometimes throughout the day. That was like a 15-minute read. Yeah, man, reading is hard, brothers. You heard that, brothers and sisters out there. That's why he don't know where the website is. Go ahead. Hey, man, I don't have time sometimes just to sit and read for 20 minutes throughout the day and then by night, you know what I mean, do our thing on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of music that I had to download today. To you do know, what? What do you mean to do what? What are you downloaded it for? Because I'm actually about to be at a rooftop party in Silver Spring. Um, sure about that? In two weeks. Oh, uh, two weeks, not not this Saturday. Yeah, what's wrong with that? So you mean to tell me you couldn't take 20 minutes to read, but you plan for something you're gonna do in two weeks? Blasphemous. Hey man, I already know about future. I don't need Elliot New York ass Wilson to tell me about future, nigga. I like I don't need him to tell me that. It was dope. And I what you mean. Like, yeah, my DJ events are important to me. Why wouldn't I take time to prepare and make sure I got shit on lock like how I usually do? You know what I mean? I've I read most of it. It's cool. <laughs> I read up on it. That's not reading up on it. That's reading, reading up, up on it. it is reading it. You skim through it. You reading skim- up on it is skim through it. Like when, when Hood Ridge Pablo Juan said he read up on two different religions, I knew he didn't really read that much of the Quran or the Bible. I think he read it all. I believe I, him. I don't. I think he read like a few verses. When you're a brother that gets incarcerated, that's the only time when Black people are happy to read when they're incarcerated because there's nothing else to do. Then they're like, oh, man, books are dope. Then they hey, man. read them and they forget. I have a CCNA book that I'm reading right now, a certification, a certification for IT. That I'm, oh, that's the kind man. of stuff that I read. Dang, yes, it is true. This is the DMV is the land of IT and security clearances. Hey, man. Don't but I read the me. whole thing, of course, because I like reading, reading good. Shout out Waka Flocka. Reading cool. Was a reading dope cool. Article. I got a few quotes I'm going to read because some of these... I enjoyed it. Like on his influence of the game, 
He said, I wrote the dictionary for what you use, words for designing, all their ad libs, from the mm -hmm. way you do your verses to your melodies. It comes from future. Yep. It's hard to get away from it because I did the blueprint. I like that quote. Yeah, I saw that quote. I like when he's they, uh, Elliot asked him, how come you haven't put out an album in almost two years? And he said, that's because I'm happy. I'm genuinely yeah. happy with life. And there was a time when I was only happy when I was on the stage, stage or the studio. studio, like it was my escape. And I was like, dang, that's kind of, that's, that that's why he worked so hard. Yeah, that was interesting. That, uh, I actually, I actually saw that part. Oh, that was you great. saw that? Yeah, I Did saw that. Sin? That was interesting to see that, like, and it makes you think about all the stuff that, all the news that goes on about him and all the Russell Wilson stuff, which they mentioned a little bit in there. And like just women bashing and you know, what I mean, it was interesting to see that. Or just even people criticizing his music who and just his personal life, who knows what he goes through. So that was interesting to hear him say that. Cause we, you know, a lot of a lot of people assume celebrities live like just the best lives because they're rich and famous, but it's not always the case. I like this quote on longevity when he said, I grew up in the business and I made adjustments and I continued to build continue to overcome any doubt there was any doubt there was no more doubt i'm here to stay i proved that already had a hundred hits in one year they still like hey what are you gonna do next i had to do it i had to prove it again that i can do it again came back dropped one album and dropped another album the following week I mm. proved that I can have two number one albums in two weeks. I had to prove so many times throughout my career that I was here to stay. And I feel him on that because as a future fan of, yeah, 11 years now, it was like, oh, future's hot. But then it's, oh, here goes Rich Homie, Kwani, Young Thug. Here goes, <laughs> goes, here goes Designer. Oh, you're a cold design. Well, Designer might get you out of here. Like, oh, here are the new kids. Oh, here's. Little baby. Yeah, here's all that. Here's Dirk. Still around. So that was cool to say, like, hey, man, people have been trying to get rid of me for years. Yeah. And I sure. like this pain, too. Let me, let me, this is the last quote I'm going to say. For, this is when he was talking about his goals for his upcoming album. I wanted to showcase my skills as far as melodies and topics and being vulnerable. I'm putting myself out there, sharing my lifestyle with the world, sharing my pain with the world sharing my ups, sharing my downs with the entire universe. I believe in the energy of the universe and manifestation. That's why I'm giving myself because I'm willing to correct myself. I don't want to just be wrong. I'm willing to give you all of me so you can tell me how to build on me and make me a better me. I like that. And I like when he said, I do art, man. It doesn't lose value. It doesn't depreciate. My passion is always going to overcome anything. This project is about having an open heart, handling everybody with open arms, man. You're going to get the bad. Oh, yeah, you're going to get the bad end of the situation. Sometimes people out there try to make you seem like you're the suspect. Really, you are the victim. But at the same time, I've always been put on a pedestal that either I can't complain about certain shit. I can't speak on certain shit. So I feel him on that. It's like, because people look at him like, oh, you're this big celebrity, you're big this. No one is ever gonna say, nah, future, you are wrong in this situation because they look at, hey, you're the man. And then 
you know, like they say, and especially with how people view relationships on social media and his history, he's the toxic king. He's like, hey, man, you think all the times I've had downs with women, it was always my fault. Some of these women's are snakes, too. Like you said, hey, girl, you're a monster, too. No, it's all you. You want to have diamonds and dreads and rap about lean. It's all your fault. Yeah. So, hey, that was cool. I, I enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed the article. And it was cool that uh, there was one part during the interview when they were kicking it in Futures Condo in New York and there was some vibes in the living room. And I think they said they were watching the water boy and future was like bored. And he was like, Hey man, I'm about to record something. And Elliot got to see him record something live. And he was like, dang, that's like a experience I never seen before of him sitting next to the engineer, they loading up beats and he's just rapping. I wonder if future put the water boy on. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. That's crazy. And also I like that. Um, the half that I read of it, I like that Elliot. I like that Elliot did this and had to um, like from his New York point of view. I like that he um, mentioned like his his bad like critiques of Future early on. People like Drake had to tell him, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Future's dope because when he asked Drake like, "Why are you on Tony Montana?" Yeah. and I like that he had to do an extra like basically he had to stretch his point of view by calling Future the best rapper alive, just so that Future can get close to the credit that he truly deserves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He had to do that because if he would have just said like just the truth about him, it would have gotten overlooked. So he had to say, hey, this guy's the best rapper alive, just so that people can realize like how important, influential, how creative, how artistic um, his music really is. And, you know, so I love that Elliot, Elliot has grown well, well, I'm gonna just say it anyways. I love that he's grown this much. Well, he's not B dot, so he's not as bad as B dot. B dot, <laughs> that guy's New York bias is just sickening. Like I, I wonder if he knows about it. I think he does. He just don't. Yeah, care. he does. And but he shout out B dot though. B dot's still dope though. They're both. That's is a part of his angle. It's like every time he does his end of the year list and he has like the rapper of the year, the best verses, best songs. People always are like. Beat out what the hell is this? Like I remember he was showing love to Stove God Cooks and everybody was laughing at him. Even New York people like, what? Who the hell is Stove God Cooks? What is that? Stove God Cooks is a swag legend. That's who that is. Yeah, he's nice, but that's the thing. It's like that's what he likes. So I respect him. Everybody has their own opinion, and everybody thinks Elliot Wilson and GQ are trolling when they say future is the best rapper alive. Yeah, he's not. He he actually, yeah, that's that's not a troll, you fucking weirdos. Like future, you can argue that he's one of the best. I mean, it depends. If you want to be a spiritual miracle, like technically, like he's not like having bars and shit, then no, there's people who have who have better bars than him, but he has better melodies, he has better run-ons and shit. You know what I'm saying? He does a lot of things better than Kendrick, Drake, and J. Cole. So yeah, and I like how Elliot Wilson showed him love and said, Yeah, he's not a traditional rapper, but he's innovative. He innovated the way a lot of people write now, even the way he counts his bars and even the way he delivers his bars. Like 
So I like that Elliot really put in the work to say, all right, I didn't understand this. I want to figure this out. And eventually I could, it's undeniable. That's the point. It's like future's been around for 10 years now, 11 years. You can't, and he's still relevant. He was on the number one song last year and was arguably the star of the show of the way too sexy. And then the start of this year, you got pushing P with gun and uh, thug. So it's like, he's still around. You can't deny him. So that's the point of it. It's like, the reason why Elliot Wilson had to give props is because this nigga will not go away. Now, yeah. do you think, what is your qualifications for best rapper alive? <sighs> well, just an off top, I would have to say um, presence. Like, am I hearing you everywhere? Are people talking about you? Um I would say presence, obviously skill. Are you doing things better than other rappers? Are you more poignant? I said the word right this time, right? Poignant. <laughs> Somebody used it the other day and I was like, oh, that's how you say it. But um, it, I mean, it's kind of, it's, I, I, I don't, it's hard to say. You just gotta be, you gotta be heard everywhere, talked about, cause I can't really go to the skill part of it because that's all like like relative and you know so but best rapper alive you just gotta have a strong presence and um isn't that hottest rapper not the best nah because in order to be a best you have to have a strong presence kendrick has a strong presence he can just drop a few little words on his uh website and everybody's talking about it you know what i'm saying he dropped a song with baby keem everyone was talking about it um, little baby, you hear him in clubs, parties, and he even had that little protest song. Whenever he does things, people talk about it a lot. Um, and consistency. Have you? You have. It's also about like what you've done. Like, have have did you have a run? Are you having like a strong, consistent run? I would say that's a part of it as well. For me, I look at it as who makes the best music at any given point is future the best rapper alive to me no but that's because he hasn't put out an album in almost two years kendrick isn't the best rapper alive to me because he hasn't put out an album in five years to me to be in the best rapper alive game you have to be consistent so if i had to say what rapper is the best rapper alive right now I'd probably say Nas, because last year, King's Disease 2 was very good. I liked it. It was better than King's Disease that won a Grammy. And then he followed that up with Magic, and that's an amazing album. So for me, Nas is the best rapper alive because he's put in the best quality of music in the last year. Previously, I would have said Future was the best rapper alive in 2015. I'm sure a lot of people would say, nah, Kendrick put out To Pimp a Butterfly, but I feel like DS2 is better than To Pimp a Butterfly. And then you combine that with Beast Mode, 56 Nights. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, What a Time to Be Alive with Drake. I feel like Future was the best rapper in 2015. 2017, hey, Kendrick puts out Dan. And that's an incredible album. I, I'm biased. Of course, Future is my favorite artist, but 
I would say for me, Future was the rapper of the year in 2017 because of <laughs> Future, 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 Hendrix, and Super Slimy. Whew. It's a great run, man. And uh, his features. Let me look up his features that year because he killed it. So, Super hey, Slimy, very underrated. Very, very, very underrated. Yeah, but for best rapper alive, you got to be active. And hey, we about to have the most active time. Hold on, real quick. Time. Do you think that Travis Scott was the best rapper alive when he dropped Astro World? What year did that come out? I have no idea. Let's see, player. That came out in 2018. Uh, sure, I guess you can. You have said it. makes the best music. You would. That, I don't uh, like that album as much as everybody else. It's mm. good, but I don't. People calling it a classic. I don't look at it like that. But I, I think it's a classic album. But you know how yeah, I am classics. I love that album. That album's dope. Yeah, so hey, let Travis Scott be the best rapper of 2018. That's cool with me. True. Future didn't drop nothing that year. Well, yeah, he did. And he put out a few projects, but I don't know. See, that's the thing, too. Travis, hmm, the best rapper of 2018. I don't know. I know Complex, they did the, they do lists like that. And if you're going to say somebody other than Nas, you already know who it is. It's the boy. Who? The boy. Heroin? From Canada. Oh, but that album was underwhelming. I'm just saying, he's the best rapper, man. If it's not Nas, it's Drake. But it wasn't, though. He he wasn't even the best rapper on his album. Or is it Lil, Lil Baby? He didn't put out an album like, oh, yeah, he did that joint with Dirk, and it was underwhelming. If it's not Nas, who is it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Last year was kind of slow. Oh, yeah, the baby was the best rapper for like a little, like a few months once. Yeah, like 2020. He, he can say 2020 was his. Bobbity, 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 let's go. Salute to him. He just shot another man. So, hey, salute to you, brother. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I forgot you like violence. Vibes. Forgot you like violence. Yeah, man, we need that in America. It's good. Some people think he staged it. Hey, man, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Dang, the label wants him to keep being like. Oh, it was 2019 when they said the baby was the rapper of the year. Oh, I guess they said Tyler the Creator. But oh I, yeah, forgot. I don't like that album as much. So which one? D- uh, Gangsta Grills. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's not my thing. Oh yeah, 2018. Push it T, sorry, brother. He beat Drake in a battle and put out Daytona. Sorry, Travis Scott. Mm. Yeah, it's Travis. I feel you though. I respect that. The yeah. battle of the cornrow niggas. Yeah. Push it T probably is thankful for Travis and ASAP Rocky. They kept his braids alive. I don't think he really cares about what the kids do. He's his own person. I mean, I don't know, man. I think he knew he he felt the heat that it was time to get get rid of those flavor flav braids. But then he said, you know what? The youngsters brought it back. I'm good. I mean, did the youngsters bring it back if he never got rid of it? They just he didn't keep it alive. Yeah, they made it cool for the kids. He was just being himself. It's like Kawhi Leonard. But he started rocking those. He started rocking plats once um Travis 
and ASAP was doing it. He was rocking cornrows mostly. And then when Ooh, Travis, and a- yeah, and when Travis and ASAP started rocking like their plaits, he he started rocking plaits. I haven't huh? seen Pusha T in a corn in cornrows since the two thousands. He had cornrows during the um, uh, Runaway when he had the salmon color suit at the yeah, BMA. That's what I'm saying. That's the last time, two thousand ten. Yeah, and then he did Fear of God. He wasn't wearing those anymore. And that's when ASAP Rocky was around. Nah, Fear of God came out later that year. Hold on, let me see that. Hey, man, it's okay, man. Just, just, just know that your boy ASAP Rocky and Travis they helped uh, push a T out. Yeah, you know you're the expert on hair, so I'm (laughs) your style. You know, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, I hear you. You got a point. Yeah, they saved him. Shout out Pusha T, though, and his braids. He has a uh, healthy hairline to be that old and rocking cornrows that long and not looking like Jerry Rice. So you gotta, you can't do nothing but salute it. Shout out to Pusha T's album coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Elite. I might actually tune in soon. You know you're about to tune in. Ain't no yeah, I'm still buy it, though. Yeah, that's one thing I do respect about you. You um, you'll bootleg some of your favorite artists, but you'll definitely give them their coins that they deserve. Yeah, man, I buy music because hey, I'm a content creator. I plan to put out books and stuff in the future. I want people to buy it too, so you got to give it back. So in or so in order of this uh, hot fire hip hop season that's approaching, oh, Lord, it's hot fire hip hop season. What are you, A and R from 1978? blazing tracks oh man um push a t is first and then it's home after push a t on the 22nd future on the 29th black star on the third jack harlow on the sixth and then kendrick on friday the 13th Ooh, that's spooky yeah. um i heard black star's album is uh like an old album Mm, eh, I don't know. They've been recording it for years. I don't know when they actually finished it. Are you excited about that album? Eh, I don't know. Dang, why? <laughs> they just took two decades is too long for you? <laughs> I mean, Black Star is cool. I'm a most deaf fan. Oh. Yeah, so it's like, hey, I get to hear most deaf on a lot of Madlib beats, and Talib Kweli will be there too. He'll be there too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like Talib Kweli is whack. Like I remember, my brother used to play the Reflection Eternal album, his joint with High Tech, and that joint was cool. But as a kid, I just liked it because of the High Tech beats. And then I remember um, Kwasi's brother Quis Kwame. Shout out to them. He used to play the Quality album a lot, and there was a couple songs I liked on there. And then I think. Um, in 07 he had an album called Eardrum and I liked a couple songs on that so it's not like I respect Talib Kweli I'm just not a fan like I think one of the first times I heard Mad Lib Beats was because Talib Kweli did a, a mixtape with him so salute to Talib Kweli but eh, I'm a, I'm so a you, deaf fan so you don't really care to hear um, we keep it gangsters safe for shizzle for sheezy and staying crunk it's easy to pull a breezy smoke trees and we staying drunk you don't need that? No, sir. Oh, okay. So, I mean, out of those albums coming out, of course, I'm the most excited to hear Future's album. And then... <laughs> this is so... 
I wonder how this sounds to people. <laughs> hey, man. This is crazy. I'm future hype. What do you want me to do? I'm sorry. <laughs> out of all the albums that are coming out, of course, I'm most excited of, can you guess who? Yeah. Future. future. What do you want me to do? I'm sorry. And Did then, I forget to mention future? Yeah. And then number two, Pusha T. And then number three. Kung Fu Kenny. Yeah. Then number four, Black Star. You're Jack Harlow's number four. Yeah, I'm not listening. For you. I'm not Jack Harlow's. That's number four for you. I'm not listening to that. Are you uh, doing it because he's from Kentucky or is it because he's Caucasian? Yeah, I don't listen to Caucasian rappers unless you're uh, Paul Wall or Asher Roth. I used to like Asher Roth. I liked his Gangsta Grills he did. And he did a project with uh, Knox before, too, from Norfolk. So I respect uh, Asher Roth. He was real hip hop. Asher Roth's uh, Gangsta Grills was pretty cool. The Cannon, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like that Asher Roth. But um, yeah, Jack Harlow, I don't want to hear his Fergie raps. Fergie raps. You don't want to hear he, him he say has, he has the number one song in America and he sampled the glamorous life by Fergie. Oh yeah, you just reminded me I'm about to download that. Yeah, you need that. They need that. I just saw Tom Brady was moving to it on his couch. So the whites love it. It's the number one song in America. You need that. But he can put the um he can he can put a bad bitch in the friend zone. He can put the ball in the end zone. You don't care about that? No. Do you actually believe that he can put the ball in the end zone? Why not? I think he's tall yeah he's jack harlow he's about to play the white man and white man can't jump <laughs> he can do a lot he's about to start dunking too how did dj drama know this man this is crazy he's like you're a white boy you're gonna win i'm signing you i want to be dr dre yeah man shout out to him generation now even uzi's being his friend now even though he was dissing him a few years ago because he has to that white man is about to be the king of hip-hop why do you think drake is being his friend he's like oh yeah this white boy is about to be out of here he's about to he's the white drake yeah right he is why do you think he got the number one song in america so fast (laughs) that's interesting because um i almost thought what's popping was it for him it was I yeah, think that I was the number two song in America at his height. That's what I'm saying. He's white. He's going to win fast. That's what it's about. Yeah, I don't believe that. I think he'll win for maybe for a little while, but he, I don't think nah. I don't think he'll be around at, at like doing number one. Yeah, What's Poppin' was the number two song in America, six times platinum. Like, and, then, and then Industry Baby. Oh, yeah, he has a hit song with Lil Nas X, four times platinum. That was number one. And then now First Class, number one song in America. Dang, so he's good enough that white people will listen to it because I don't hear none of this shit. Yeah, he's white. They haven't had a star rapper since Logic gave up. And Logic was was like more hip hop, hip hop. Yeah, he was. Like Harlow is, is, he's their Drake. They yeah. have What's Poppin', Tyler Hero, whatever that song is. He has, like I said, oh yeah, he did Nail Tech trying to get black girls. <laughs> hey, hey. I think he had Young Miami in the video. I bet I, you Nail Tech isn't better than um the Kid Sister song. Kanye even had him on Donda too. That's what I'm saying. Everybody knows this white man is about to be the next superstar. I need to be his friend. <laughs> have you heard Have you heard Donda too? Of course, I have it. I never heard it. Yeah, you don't need that. Oh, uh, don't. It's like you never heard Nas's last album. You don't need that stuff. Hey, You're man. a modern boy. You. Hey, it's nothing wrong with that. I like, I mean, nah, because I listen to King's Disease too. I just haven't got around to Nas yet. 
Yeah, I like Kings listen Disease. to King's Disease too because you were bored one day. You don't need the other stuff. It's hey man, I like it. Hey man, I just know um, Benny the Butcher a few months ago put out a dope, put out a dope ass song called Mr. Pyrex where he's going crazy on it. So did you listen like to his last album? Because you're uh, a Benny the Butcher fan. I think I did listen to his last album. It was all right. Yeah, see, it wasn't memorable. You don't even remember it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, the one with J. Cole on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I listened to it. I think we, like, did a little mini review on it. Oh, yeah, we did. Whoa, I forgot about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm the most, I'm most excited for um, Future's album. Um, Kendrick actually second then push a t but you can either you can switch push a t and kendrick honestly um i've been listening to more push a t lately like i listened to my name is my name the other day why and, uh, did it behoove you to do that um because uh kendrick's verse was getting highlighted on twitter and i was like yo i forgot about this beat like i remember this beat and then um i listened to it it's pretty cool it has a few like um, like real poppy ass sounding songs. That's the stuff Pharrell wanted him to do, probably. But he uh was able to overcome it and still make decent songs out of those beats. And that's why on that Pusha T album, I already know the Kanye stuff is gonna hit harder than the Pharrell stuff. I'm not saying that Pharrell isn't gonna bring slaps, but uh, I don't know because that song Neck and Wrist. Do you like his part? And the dope house had a line. Dope house had a line. <laughs> I don't need that. That's what I'm saying. That's what Pharrell does. He's going to try to make it catchy and poppy. I don't want that when I hear Pusha T rap. I think no one Pusha T for as long as he has. I think he just, he's finally tired of his drug raps. Nah, no, he's just, t- he likes the drug raps. Pharrell's the one that did the beat for the song called Let the Smokers <laughs> Shine the Coops. Pharrell likes that ghetto stuff. He just wants it to be catchy and for white people to be able to dance to it. That's why he did that. And that dope house had a line. He wants that disco stuff. That's the difference. That's why like Pharrell, like, like I said, the perfect examples are the first singles. Diet Coke is the Kanye part. The street raw. Crack, 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 crack. And then you have, and that dope house had a line. And then you have Jay-Z saying, you would have got the commission. Like, that funny stuff. You would have got the commission. Yeah, that's what Pharrell wants. But Jay-Z I mean, understands the assignment. You say who? Jay-Z understands the assignment. Well, you use that assignment stuff. I feel like only women are allowed to say that. It's given you're hating. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I don't like that stuff. What's the other one? There's another one. I think it starts with a P or something. What is <laughs> What, pushing P is back? Nah, it's something else that they say. Damn it, I can't think of it. Anyways, yeah, Jay-Z <laughs> understands the assignment. Yeah, good for him. Stay in school, kids. Or yeah. else you, you might not, or else we might not get the commission. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we won't get the commission. Rest in peace, Biggie Smalls. When he passed away, it was never coming out. Rest in peace, the motherfucking drama king. Oh, yeah, DJ K Slay for sure. Motherfuckers. Yeah, man. That guy put in a lot of work for over four decades in the love of hip hop from graffiti to DJing. There's even little 
clips of him rapping when he was young doing graffitis like he probably participated in every element of hip-hop i wouldn't be surprised if he break dance yeah of course because that was what hip-hop culture was if you really loved the culture you were a part of every aspect of it was k-say from the bronx of course come on the heart of hip-hop dang and it's crazy like i didn't know about that stuff knowing about k-slay growing up oh for real i didn't know he was on that movie yeah Um, star wars yeah i didn't know like that he was that deep in hip-hop like i just thought he was just a gangster mixtape dj that's I thought he was kind of G'd up because he was very dangerous with his tape. He was G'd up. If you know his resume, he's a real street soldier. That's the thing. All these people that were in hip hop, <laughs> they were involved in the street lifestyle. This brother was, I don't want to bring up all this stuff, but yeah, he used to be in the field for real. He got locked. He used to be a trapper. He got locked in the 80s and he got out of jail. And when he got out of jail, that's when he changed his life and started focusing on DJing. And he put in work and became the drama king. He had all the exclusives for time being. He's the one that debuted Ether. He's the one that worked with the diplomats to create what most people consider the modern artist-driven mixtape that people give 50 Cent all the credit for. I've seen it because, you know, in mixtapes, it's hard to look at the actual release date. All I know is both of them came out in 2002. Some people say, hey, 50s came out first, but I've seen a lot of people say, hey, Diplomats Volume 1 came out first. And then that's what inspired 50 to do 50 Cent is the Future. And if you listen to those 50 mixtapes, he even has like different skit, like different songs like, oh, this is a DJ Clue freestyle. This is a K Slay freestyle. Like, he was incorporating the other legendary mixtape DJs at the time to, hey, work with me. So K Slade definitely put in the work. I mean, he had Papoose, the $1.5 million man. He put, hey, man, he, didn't he, he had a song like a couple years ago with like 119 rappers on it. He used to I heard that. about that. Yeah. That was real? Yeah. <laughs> How long is it? It's like 40 minutes. Damn. Yeah, K Slay was doing next level stuff. That's like the young the one blood remix. Yeah, times five. <laughs> but yeah, he was next. I mean, even like, do you remember you used to play NFL Street? Yeah, of course. You don't yeah. you remember the joint? I don't give a fuck where you from. The joint he had with three six mafia. No, uh, no, I don't. Yeah, see, that's what I liked about K Slay too. He wasn't like a New York. DJ that only only like real hip hop New York New York baby he used to fuck with everybody <laughs> New York New York baby um like he used to fuck with eight ball and MJG like he has a song it's eight ball and MJG and jagged edge on a jazzy Fabi like he was jiggy like that <laughs> yeah he was definitely moving around in a lot of different rooms even though New Yorkers always have liked eight ball and MJG well, you think they're the one of the ones that they say you're one of the good ones? Yeah, Avon MJG. Hell yeah, I don't. Nah, I mean, is, I love. Is that why Puffy wanted to sign them? Yeah, like I love Avon MJG. Of course, they're from Tennessee, but I always, I don't know. I've always wondered why New Yorkers love them so much, and I almost want to say UGK, but I think they like Avon and MJG. Nah, yeah, they like Avon MJG more. I don't think they knew about UGK until Jay Z worked with them. I don't think they knew about UGK until um, Jeezy and Zero were on that song. 
Nah, they know about Big Pimpin'. Big Pimpin' was the biggest song of the summer. Yeah, but I don't know. New York. <laughs> sorry, New Yorkers, if you're listening, but you guys' ears are weird. Yeah, um, I remember those. This one, uh, I'll never forget it. It was in one of the verses. There was like, while Gucci was ripping the rest of the country, New York was stuck listening to the Touch It remix. <laughs> Damn. Staying lost. I like that remix. Yeah, it was cool, but he was right. I like the video too, because um, Lloyd. Because I got Brooklyn in my hand, I got New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Swiss. Uh, I mean, I like uh, DMX part too, because he had. Yeah, the he was good. Yeah, he was turned. I do like that. Jump. And then Missy went off. Yeah, and she did her thing. Lloyd Banks had the blue fur on. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> showing how he could flourish if Fifty Cent. Uh, he wasn't always attached to Fifty Cent. <laughs> But the only yeah. reason why he was on that song is because Buster Rhymes was signed to Aftermath. They were all in the same family. Yeah, but man, <laughs> 50 Cent stunted Lloyd Banks' growth. Hey, man, 50 Cent will say Lloyd Banks stunted Lloyd Banks' growth. Oh, yeah, he made he gave them everything they wanted too fast. They got lazy. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to work hard. Yeah, that's true. They went on the biggest tours of their lives yeah, before they was- had albums. Yeah, and he was giving them big checks. He was like breaking down day checks and giving them superstar money when they didn't do nothing yet, supposedly. So, hey. Damn, 50 show love. Yeah, too much love and got the brothers lazy. That's why you look at it. 50 was the richest one. He never stopped hustling. He found more ways to make money. I'm not saying Lloyd Banks didn't. Who knows what he's doing? But he seems to be a reserved quiet low-key person i don't maybe he didn't want to play those industry mainstream games see that's the thing it's like we've talked about it before like when you try to be a major league rapper a mainstream artist there's certain things you have to do and if you're not willing to do that then it can kind of deter your career like benny the butcher says he wants to be a major league artist so Let's see what happens. Freddie Gibbs, he's supposed to put out an album soon. Let's see what happens. Like playing that game is not the same as having your own control. So I understand why it's not for everybody. Freddie Gibbs seems like he's making people dislike him a lot by creating beefs with people a lot. Yeah, and then he's not putting out heat to back it up like that song he put out with um rick ross. ross they sampled ice cream by raekwon i don't like that shit damn he's the hell not, is that? damn he's messing up yeah why do you want to beef with benny the butcher because benny the butcher said the time passed for us to do a collab album and i think that hurt his feelings and then currency said yeah man i don't need beef to be hot i've been myself and i'm still relevant and freddie gibbs laugh because you know him and currency did a project together but yeah they're not gonna work together no more yeah i'm starting to look at this nigga funny he always was talking he was talking all this shit about jeezy and was never i mean i know it's their business but he was saying some crazy shit about him and not telling us why he was mad at him and i always thought that was like a red flag and it's making sense now today yeah he's an emotional gangster is he really a gangster? Like, I mean, come I don't on, know. Do look at this guy talk. Huh? This is like, I mean, I know, of course, gangsters speak well, but he doesn't come off you're as gangster. Stereo- you're stereotyping your community. You hey, think, man. Oh, yeah. You don't res- you don't think gangsters are that bright, huh? You think they talk a certain way and 
they're not as coherent when they speak. I mean, I just don't think they talk and act like him. How do they? Yeah, so you don't think Pusha T's a gangster, right? You don't believe none of that. Coach. Hey, man, I'm not. Don't put words in my mouth. We're talking yeah, I'm about. Asking, he talks we're talking about, about. He speaks we're, well. You. We're talking about Frederick. Yourself. We're talking about Frederick Gibson right yeah, now. You said it yourself. If you speak too nice, I don't believe nothing. So I asked you another brother we talked about earlier because he speaks well. He's hey, I'll tell you this. Pusha T is from Virginia Beach. His cousins are from Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah, his family's from Norfolk. And, you know, he grew up in Virginia Beach. And I think that's why his he's able to present himself in that way. He's not really from Norfolk. Yeah, he's, he's not, not from Norfolk, but he used to be there all the time. because He got ushered in by his cousins. Yeah, it's like being from, it's like your all your family being from D.C., but you grew up in Woodbridge because your family was like, hey, we got money. We want to live nicer, but we still going to be in D.C. all the time because that's where our family is. Hey, man, all I know is Jim Jones is a gangster, right? <laughs> yeah, Joseph <laughs> Jones. He's the heart of the ghetto. <laughs> Jim Jones is Everywhere a I was. There was a time when I was into just watching old 2000s DVDs. And this nigga Jim Jones was everywhere. He'd be, I was watching Blade Ice with as Jim Jones. <laughs> I'm watching uh, the Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Jim Jones, right there. I'm watching. The yeah, he's, of- he was like a um Jay Worthy. Yeah, he is. He's a dad connector, and that's and, um, why that's why Jim Jones is cool with Jay Worthy. It's like they got the same hustle, Pyro business, man. Yeah, you'll see Jim Jones somewhere with half his hair braided. Mm-hmm. He's he's the heart of the ghetto, man. So I got a lot of love for Jim Jones, and if you hear what he said on the Larry June. And Jay Worthy album, you better be respectful when you see that, brother. I think he said he, something about reading a newspaper in it. Yeah, because he, he reads. He's not like you. He takes his time and digests information. Do you hear this, people? This guy thinks I don't read just because I didn't read a long-ass article about a rapper that I know more about than the person who wrote the article. I don't know that. Yeah, Elliot right. Wilson knows more about Future than me. He actually knows him personally for almost 10 years so he hasn't listened to might know more about his music stuff yeah that's what i'm talking personally. about yeah i mean do you think future's really going to tell the truth and give and be like per, like but that's the personable? thing if, even in the article he talks about he was like yeah hanging out with future he's funny he's cool as hell like he talked about yeah he likes future as a person but he's like yeah when we turn on the you know recorder then his demeanor changes and that's how it is for most of these people it's like all right when i'm not recording i'll show you my personality i'll show you that i'm funny i'm this on that you know what for your birthday i'm gonna get you a, a some future meet and greet tickets oh hell no i don't want that so you can uh that's a whole uh, way to meet him no nah, i'm gonna get you some future meet and greet nah, tickets man I, mean, I think you need that. it man nah it's about time i need to meet him on equal ground and i'm gonna meet him when i'm establishing this game as a journalist and a podcast i don't need to meet him as a fan do you think you what go ahead do you think you uh do you think you love future as much as osay loves lebron nah because i can be objective i don't like everything future does i don't have to 
make up excuses for why he doesn't do as well. Nah, look, I'll say is tweaked up. He called, he said the nigga made eye contact. With him. <laughs> he was proud of it. You don't think you would do that? Was looking, he was looking at me. You don't think you would do that for future? I feel no. like you would. He nah, looked at me. I feel like that's the thing. Like, I'm thankful that I had the family <laughs> I did. And I'm a family man. I look at, hey, you're a celebrity, you're an entertainer, but I don't give a fuck at the end of the day. I like your music. I don't know who you are as a person. Michael Jordan, he's my favorite athlete of all time. I'm not going to walk up, oh, Michael Jordan, hell no. Nah. They're going to look at you like, nigga, you're a hoe. I'm a man. Why are you acting like this? I don't ever want to be like that. And I, when I raise my stature, I don't want people to come up to me and be like, oh, damn, and start crying. That's weirdo shit, nigga. I'm not God. It's too much idolatry and celebrities. We need to get away from that. These people are human beings. You can respect them for their artists, for their artistry, or as athletes, but they're not Jesus Christ. Get a get a hold of yourself. I wish I would cry if I saw a celebrity. That would be weird. That's the problem we have with society. We worship celebrities too much. I can admit, yeah, I like Future. I like Michael Jordan. But I hope when I see these niggas, I'm not going to start acting like a hoe. That would be weird. At the end of the day, I do read just because I didn't finish the GQ. It's <laughs> oh, because I didn't finish the GQ article. Um, doesn't mean that I don't read. It's a damn magazine. So it's not like niggas don't read. That's Shout not true. West, you shouldn't have changed those lyrics on. Uh, what's that song called? <laughs> New Slaves. He shouldn't have changed the lyrics. That's not true. Niggas do read. No, they don't. They just... If they did read, they wouldn't be crying every week that they signed a shitty contract. They oh, do Lord. read. Oh, Lord, they, I signed a bad deal. They, they do read. It's just that the radio plays all that bullshit because they don't want Black people to think and drive. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is true because you guys need to think about all that silly shit about what you're going to do after work, right? In uh loving hip-hop and man nigga your life is loving hip-hop but that's another story for another day man nah my life ain't loving hip-hop <laughs> yes it is boy <laughs> nah my life is um let's see dang i can't even think of an ex- my life is, it is uh, loving hip-hop my life is gonna be the cosby show minus the oh with, with the rape scene of... he raped somebody in the show i mean he, he doped up his wife on that good dope. oh yeah <laughs> what was it called he had a name for it I don't know, man. It's barbecue sauce with the extra oh, sizzle in it. Damn, that's not cool. Hey, that's what you the one that said you wanted to be Bill Cosby, and you shouted out V's last time for Sandy buys prostitutes. You like that stuff. No, I don't. I know some people <laughs> well, who do, no, though. I know. <laughs> I know some people who do, but yeah, I'm not really a fan of buying women, honestly. Whoa. But uh, yeah, my life's going to be like Bel Air. Fuck, uh, fuck the, the Huxtables. Good for you. Isn't Belair, isn't uh, the new Aunt Vivian trying to cheat on her husband? No, that's just what happens when you have like a nice, accomplished woman. Niggas gonna push up and she's inhuman. So, you know what I mean? Niggas gotta understand this, man. Sometimes you might have a girl and she might, there might be a guy at work that she might be a little fond of, or, you know what I mean? You're gonna brush past people. You might run into somebody, another woman that you kind of like. Doesn't mean you're gonna do it and go through with it or engage but if you're gonna be married to somebody for the long run shit like that's gonna happen it's just it's inevitable then you're gonna lose your queen at the end of the day no you're not gonna lose her but she might like somebody Mm, i feel you 
So what do you do? How do you handle that? Hey man, it's a it's do you a just risk. Pray about it. Yeah, pray about it. Uh, maybe pay attention to things more. Try to do some things different. Try to um, be spontaneous and surprise her. Bring life to the relationship. You know, uh, show up more in areas you might be lacking. You know what I mean? You gotta reinvent shit over and over, especially if you're in a long relationship. Because this is a new segment right now. JJ Romance giving us game. I'm I'm taking notes. Please continue, brother. Yeah, man, you gotta pay attention and. Mm-hmm. and and grow and is it is there tension in the details uh i don't know i never liked that saying okay. they say the devil's in the details right yeah lucifer hangs out there because niggas don't read so he gonna skip it and then you're gonna be like whoop i got you niggas again mm, so they, they're basically saying that because people don't read the details yeah people skip the process they're not patient Mm, and that's where the yeah know, that's why niggas don't read man lazy but yeah anyways yeah man shit like that gonna happen like like you there's probably like a girl at that's every nigga's job he likes to like walk past her cubicle or something and talk to her mm-hmm. more often even though he got a girl it don't mean he gonna leave his girl that he's in love with and risk it all some niggas will and some niggas accomplish that but yeah congrats to them but anyways Aunt Viv I don't think she's I don't think Michael Ely's gonna steal her I never seen any episode of this. I never will. But hey. oh, yeah, it's too positive for you. Nah, I just I don't care. Yeah, but anyway, speaking of people worshiping celebrities too much, mm, good segue. There you go, JJ Romance. Speaking of people worshiping celebrities too much, it seems that uh, Jerry West is pretty upset with his portrayal on the hbo hit show winning time oh hit show this guy isn't ready to sell out <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one you said earlier the hot new hip-hop tracks i don't know blazing tracks oh yeah there you get this brother's ready to be a radio programmer yeah on the hit show winning time uh, <laughs> it's a show on hbo that uh accurately historically oh. accurate documents the beginning of the lakers in the 80s well not the beginning of the lakers but when they became relevant because nobody cares about when jerry west was playing um yeah see they hating on they hating on that air man Bob, all we, they said you're not good either all we care about is when jerry west is breaking golf clubs but anyways he's mad about his um portrayal because they portray him as like a uh rageful kind of drunk um spicy guy depressed all-star depressed all-star and um i don't know for some reason when you said the worship of celebrities it made me think of that show i don't know why no yeah because you're watching this show is a caricature of all these people instead of accurately depicting them it's a dramatization it's based on a book and because of that we don't have to tell the truth. We can do whatever we want, even though the book was based on factual information. So that is the finesse of the of the film industry of, hey, we have this story. We can circumvent all the people that this is about and make it whatever we want. And because like we talk about all the time, people don't read, people don't wanna learn the old school way. They just feel like, hey, if I watch something that means it's the truth. This will become the truth. People will think Jerry West is really like this. People will think Kareem is really like that. People will really think Ma- Michael Cooper was a shit daddy. Oh, Lord, am I going to play? Oh, man, I'm 
I was like, what the hell? I don't know if I'm good enough. Yeah, like I had to look up like, hold on, Michael Cooper, that was your second year in the league. Why is he talking about I've been cut, I've been cut? I was like, but yeah, it's not true. Why is Ace from Peyton Fool having to give him confidence? Because Spencer Haywood is a nice guy, Hall of Famer that he's could have been considered one of the greatest players of all time, but he had drug problems and personal issues. That's the one who was the first out of high school, right? Yeah, he used the hardship act to leave. He didn't He didn't come out of high school. I think he did go to college. He just tried to leave early. At that time, you had to stay all four years. Yeah, he went to college at, he, first he was at Trinidad State. Oh. Uh, junior, yeah, junior college, and then he was at Detroit Mercy University. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's 72. How do you think he feels about them saying that he circumcised himself with rocks? I don't think he cares. Mm. <laughs> or maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't like the depiction of him either, that it makes him look like a geeker. So that's the thing. So well, like, well, go ahead. Yeah, because you like the lies. Go ahead. I've always heard Kareem was an asshole my whole life. Yeah, but who was, who was writing the story? White people that didn't like a militant Black man that became a Muslim. The same people that said, we're not going to call you Muhammad Ali, you're Cassius Clay. These are who are writing the history, racist white people at but, that time. But Kareem didn't seem that militant. He seemed more like a Buddhist monk. Yeah, because that's all you're seeing. That's the point. <laughs> Talking about just in general, not just from the show. Yeah, but in, in general, based on what? You've never read about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You never read about his life or how it came to be. So that's the point. All you see is different clips and opinions based on people that already had a view of him about, hey, we don't like that you change your name and you're hanging out with uh, Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam and you became a Muslim and whoopie whoop. Like, well, his I'll say, is crazy. I've I'll seen a documentary on Kareem before. His life is wild. He's been through a lot. And when you're a person that was born and raised, even though he's from New York, he grew up in Manhattan, but he realized, hey, the only reason why white people like me is because I'm tall and I play basketball. They really don't care about me as a human being. That's why he didn't even play for Team USA in 1968, because he was like, and that's exactly, you're a black man and you refuse to play for America, even though we call you a monkey and you guys have to fight for civil rights. Who do you think you are, black boy? Well, That's I mean, the people that hate him. Well, to the nobody cares about nobody as a goddamn human. They didn't like. They didn't even like Muhammad Ali until he became quiet. Until he became sick and couldn't talk anymore. That's how they do it. It's like exactly like you said. Nobody really cares about these people. We know this, so let's stop acting like, like yeah. Stop acting like this charade. That's why he was cold to media and he was away from people. That's why he was like that. He was closed off. That's why I respect Kyrie. No, not Kyrie is different. Like I understand, not I understand because I didn't grow up in that lifestyle, but reading and watching about the generation that they grew up in, I can see why they're hesitant to interact with certain people. And it's not like Kareem hated white people. He had a white wife. He has kids that are half white. Even it's Bill Russell. Been, it's even always Bill Russell. It's always them niggas that do that. I'm not going to say anything about Sidney Portier. Rest in peace to that. Hey, lady. man, Pharaoh brought this up before. He said black women 
try to talk about all these black guys that are with white women. And he was specifically talking about black men back in the days with dreadlocks, the Rastas. He was like, yeah, black women didn't want that. But then they get mad when he had, he, had a, he got a white girl. And I used to ask them, yo, would you date a nigga with dreadlocks? And they'll be quiet. So that, so hey, sometimes that happens. The black women don't want those type of militant brothers. Like uh, Pam Greer used to date Kareem. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's where I got some of the Buddhist stuff from, Pam Greer. She talked about how pure and sweet and just genuinely nice and kind of a man he was. Yeah, but she's not going to marry that. It's not like she was ready to become a Muslim. She used to date Richard Pryor, too. So hey. I think she dated Richard Pryor after him. Yeah, exactly. She needed to have fun. Yeah, she didn't want to, like, it's kind of like uh, Kim, like Kanye telling Kim, don't wear revealing clothes, like, at the snap of a finger. Yeah, because, think... you know, when you're a Muslim brother, you want your woman to be uh, presented differently, you know? But I do definitely respect Kareem for even having Pam Greer. Yeah, that's one of the greatest of all time. Man, that's crazy. And that's crazy that Richard Pryor got it, too. I mean, he is funny. I mean, he's Richard Pryor, bro. Dang, so he had a nigga in the decade. Not calling Pam Greer a hoe or anything, but he had hoes. In different area codes. Yeah, Kareem, I think Kareem, when he realized, because he was a kid, I think the moment he realized that these white people don't really care about me is that supposedly his coach in high school called him a nigger. And this is New York Power Memorial. The school doesn't exist anymore. They won three state New York Catholic championships. They played against Dematha back in the day. It was like the biggest game ever. And he was like, hey, <laughs> this is supposed to be a coach. And he don't like me. He's going to call me the nigger too. So, hey, fuck all y'all crackers. That's how he felt. He went to college at UCLA. Everybody says, hey, he got racks to go over there. Maybe he did. Good for you, brother. You deserved it. But Kareem, it's like no one considers him to be the greatest of all time because of how we view the game. And then from what he said, he wasn't allowed to become a coach or participate in the NBA like he wanted to because of his demeanor. And now you see him, that brother's like a, <laughs> a journalist and a writer now. Hey, man, you think basketball is just bouncing a ball and it doesn't matter. So get out of here. Nigga. Go uh, meditate. You didn't say that. Go meditate. Go meditate somewhere else. Look, see, call him meditating. <laughs> what? He does. That's meditate. all you know. Why? Hey, man, he was in a Bruce Lee movie. You don't think he meditates? Hey, man, he's a Muslim. That's another religion. So meditation is not based on just one religion. No, I'm not. I'm saying he's doing something else. I'm sure he's. Like at that time, he was on his hood. Rich Pablo wants some read up on different religions. He read up. He was studying. He was trying to figure out himself as a human being. What do I want to be? What will bring me peace and tranquility into life? So I'm sure he explored a lot of things and traveled the world to try to learn different cultures and try to connect with different people around the world. Like there's even footage of him in the 90s and Argentina at a basketball camp like he really did try to spread the game of basketball around the world so I'm sure he loves the joint well shout out to him for writing and expressing himself these days I like when he comes out and shares his views because maybe we definitely were robbed of that by him being hated on the media that probably did more damage than good 
I don't know, who knows, maybe him having more of a presence would have been a good thing. But um, I want to know how you feel about Magic Johnson's uh, portrayal. How would you describe it? It's a happy nigga that likes fucking a lot. Dan, did they, did they make him smile too much? <laughs> hey, man, that's what the, that is the, that's what I'm saying. All of these people are not supposed to be really them. They're supposed to be caricatures of themselves. So. Like Goofy Magic, he smiles at all everything. They're all the goofy version of themselves. To the Kareem dude's extent. not that goofy. You said who? The Kareem dude's not that goofy. Yeah, but I mean, from what Kareem feels like, he, he makes it seem like he didn't like it. Like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know. I, I didn't read Jeff Perlman's book, and that's what it's based off of. So, yeah, Kareem, was he standoffish from what I've read before? Yeah. Was he difficult to, excuse me, deal with in certain instances? Yeah. But, hey, your life experiences dictate who you become. So I can't say, oh, that's the difference. Like Magic, he's a happy brother from Michigan. He's just a happy nigga, bro. So, so he got to go to California, all those beautiful women. He's going to have fun. Hey, well, so far, I love the show. It's a very nice watch. And I like it, the fact that there's barely any basketball and it's as entertaining as it is. Yeah, it's not supposed to be about basketball. It's supposed to be about the people, for yeah. real. It's not about basketball. It's about the people. That's it's why a- it's those type of shows. That, if it was only designed for sports fans, it wouldn't do well in ratings. It's supposed to be for the average person. That's why they have to make up storylines and make one person like Jerry West be the villain. You need Jerry Buss to be the hero. You need his... Jerry mom. West ends up not really being that much of a villain after that first episode, though. But that's the point. But Jerry West, he's still moving geeky. Like, he quit He quit the Lakers job, but he's still in the office every day. What's his job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's been around for a long time, so don't kick him out and what and he knows the game you need people who know shit around that's can't not just have that's suits. Point. that's not real can't just have only suits around yeah. and businessmen that's the point bill Sharman was not a suit he was a hall of fame player too he was the general manager jerry west has no job but he's in the office every day like bro man did he is that how it happened in real life or that's the fake stuff but that's the point like at after he quit as the coach, he worked as a scout for the Lakers. If you're a scout, you're not going to be in the office every day because you're traveling the country looking for players, but they're not going to put that on the show because they need Jerry West to be, you know, the counter. That's the thing. It's like Jerry West became the general manager during the 82-83 season. So at that time where they're showing him in the office all the time, he was a scout. He wasn't there in the office all the time because that was the point. He quit from being a coach because he was tired of the grind of day-to-day being in the office. He wanted to go back to basketball one-on-one and like, hey, I want to find talent. I want to be a scout again. Then he became a general manager. So, but like I said, this show is not about facts. It's just about you know, it's basically a comedy, sh- a sports comedy show. That's how I look at it. And a great one, too. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. Only thing that sucks is when you find out, like, certain things didn't happen in order and shit like that. And it's like, oh, dang. That's yeah, tough. but it's not It's not a biopic. Yeah, so that means Jay West needs to sit down and shut up, right? 
I mean, it means that things are going to get interesting. I don't know how HBO is going to respond because they want, based on how they made the first episode, it seems like they want this show to last like at least almost a decade. Like they and might tell people through all the eighties and then go through the early nineties. Tell the folks uh, what we're talking about. Um, HBO responding to. Yeah, he filed a letter saying that he wants a public apology for the libel. Jerry West did. Yeah, all against him and the depiction of him is not correct. And he wants a public apology. And I don't think he's going to get it because HBO is getting too much money and all this controversy just improves the show, the viewership. Yeah, it just makes people, oh man, this show, if Kareem is mad and Magic is mad and Jerry West is mad and all these former Lakers are mad. I should go watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, it'll be really funny if HBO really comes out and says, hey, Jerry West, we're sorry for how we portrayed you. And then, all right, all that law malarkey talk and lawsuit stuff is out keep going yeah i hope they do that sorry and all right let's keep let's get this show rolling i think they'll ignore him i think that um i don't know i feel like there's some truth to it because i always thought of jerry west as like a nice sweet old man and nobody's that like kind so jerry west is probably some truth to that sir yeah but see well, it don't matter. Nobody cares about the truth. <laughs> I was going to try to get deep, but that shit don't matter. I'm talking to you. But hey, man. want to be Arnold Palmer. What is your uh, favorite sports movie of all time? Or a sports hey. biopic? Hmm, sports biopic. Um, hmm. Um, probably uh, the Earl Manigault story is one of them. Oh, true. The Don Cheadle. That's a very classic, classic ass movie. I need to watch that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I remember watching that as a kid. I love that movie. Um, one of my favorite sports movies definitely is the program with Omar Epps. Um, football classic. Um, I also love Love and Basketball. That's one of my favorite sports movies. Or um Varsity Blues. Um blue chips as far as sports goes and i'm trying to think that for sports movies that might be it i don't really i can't really name too many sports biopics can you think what 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 can you think of he got game <laughs> yeah that's my jam yeah i'm about to lose big points you know i, I barely watched that movie Hey, man, I don't blame you. You don't like it. It's not your thing. You're not a basketball brother, for real. It's not that I don't like it. It's just... He Got Game is my jam. It's It's a class I just never... On Marbury's story. That's why he went to high school at Lincoln and it's at Coney Island and all that. Uh, Space Jam, shout out to that. I like going to space to fight cartoons for Earth. Uh, Michael Jordan had great acting in that movie. Oh, uh, the best he should have gotten an Oscar. Oh, yeah, I have to mention uh, Mighty Ducks, too. That was my shit. Oh, yeah, and The Sandlot, of course. That's, like, top yeah. five. What else? Happy Gilmore. That was my jam. I like golf movies. Well, only that one. Uh, What else? Little Giants. You know, that's a hood classic. 
100%. Fumble Ruski, annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah, Ice Trader Gang. Ice, Ice Box. Box. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. uh, the Major League Classic. Oh, Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, Dr. J. Salute, Classic. They talk about that in winning time, too. That's my jam. Hmm. Yeah, that's old school. I'm sh- I'm sure you didn't see that. No, I didn't see. I saw uh, Cornbread Earl and me, though. Yeah, I've seen that before, too. Jamal, Jamal. Yeah. Another, another winning time person. Yep. But, yeah, I don't know, man. But when it comes to sports biopics, eh. um, Friday Night Lights was pretty good for a new era one. Yeah, I didn't really see it. Yeah, That's Friday Night Lights is dope. Because, you know, a lot of new era sports movies are trash. Mm. Like, the 90s is, like, the golden era. But as far as the 2000s goes, I would put Friday Night Lights up there. Um, some niggas like Coach Carter. <laughs> that nigga hard. was telling him to do a thousand suicides. Like, yeah, that's not and realistic. The, and the parents were mad because he wanted them to get like a two point three GPA to play. And they were pissed. We need a Coach Carter too, dog. I need to see Samuel Jackson be a basketball coach. He's already did. He was Coach Carter. I need to see it again, please. I need more thing because it's Samuel Jackson being a basketball coach and telling them to do a thousand suicides anytime they miss a shot. That was comedy. Hey man, you already have it. He's not going to be a basketball coach again. That doesn't pay enough. Sports movies are basically dead. And then um, the rocks uh, movie gridiron gang was funny. I didn't see that. The football one where he was like uh, coaching gang members and shit. That shit was hilarious. (laughs) We're all, this is your, this is your gang now, your brothers. <laughs> you want to be a gang banger? This is your gang. <laughs> like Rock, if you don't shut your ass up, you lucky you got muscles, nigga. Uh, that's hilarious. This is your gang. yo. How do we let the Rock get away with talking all that cash shit, but he really talks like this? He's the Rock and shit in real life. How do how do we let him get away with that? And beat you your ass, like you said. He'll put you in a suplex, nigga. What are you going to do about it? I mean, I feel like the uh, the old rock, most people had a chance, but this new rock, no. What do you mean the old rock, you had a chance? He was just, he was just big. Now he's like the fucking Hulk. He literally is a rock now. I don't know, man. I feel like any time he was dangerous. Yeah, but, you know, now it's... it's, it's uh, that, nigga has been, that nigga has been in peak form in different ways for over 30 years from being a defensive lineman to being a wrestler to now (laughs) being a fucking action hero nanny coach nigga jumanji nigga i don't know man that nigga just be doing anything yeah but yeah so i would definitely have to say the program blue chips um loving basketball varsity blues is such a underrated classic yeah that's focused but um, as far as biopics go, and not just sports ones, um, I definitely have to say, um, what's love got to do with it? Classic. Um, why do fools fall in love? The Frankie Lyman joint, classic. Um, the Jackson American Dreams, probably like the best one ever to me, or Malcolm X. Yeah. And um, even the uh, even Blow, if you want to count that, that's a dope one too. Yeah. Blows my favorite. I remember I watched it for the first time in Hamburg, Germany, 2005. Great times. 
once again, I was very late. I watched it for the first time when I went to VCU. Word. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fucking dope. I missed a lot of movies, man. There's just a lot. Like, I've never seen Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> You're like, yeah, me neither. But Hold on, maybe I have. Is that the one with Angelina Jolie and their moving whips? I don't know. Nicolas Cage is in it. Yeah, his, I think I have seen that. Yeah, dang. Makes his Nicolas Cage faces all, yeah, all day. Yeah, I think, I think, let me see. Is Angelina Jolie in this? I kind of see stuff, but I don't see it. Gone in 60 seconds to, yeah, she is. Yeah, I did see this. <laughs> yeah, that joint was cool. Damn, that's funny. You had to bring that up. That's a hood classic to people. It's people, it's a it's very popular. I remember when it came out. It was a big it's movie. like white people's New Jersey Drive. Oh, I thought it was like white people's Fast and the Furious, even though Fast and the Furious that is theirs as kind of well. like white people's. <laughs> Oh, so they stealing cars and that shit. Yeah, that's why it's gone in 60 seconds. They're flu flamers. Mm. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen New Jersey Drive, but not, you know, you know how I used to be with East Coast hood movies. Yeah, you don't respect gangsters. You don't respect UK gangsters. You don't respect street guys that have good uh, grammar. You don't. I know some street people that have good grammar. Uh, that's good. Don't snitch on them. Don't worry. I just uh just Freddie Gibbs, dog. You just talking a lot of shit all the time. And like does he talk a lot of shit for a guy that doesn't win? Yeah, like you're I don't know. He he just needs to cut that shit out. I'm tired of that. All right, there you go, man. Another episode of Chopper Suit Convos. Cut the malarkey, Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, we get it. You're a vice lord, rabbits. <laughs> Oh uh, man, hey, can you close it with the with the rock? Now what's my motherfucking name? Remember he rapped with Tech Nine? Ah uh, yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> go with the power, determination. I was like, yo, how do we let this dude talk all this shit in the world with these Versace shirts and these Cardi's? He had cardio glasses, a receding hairline. He had like, and he did. It doesn't matter with a white Clef Jean. Come on, man, he's hip hop. He has slacks on in the yeah, ring. Did you see one of the times he slid? He looked like James Brown sliding. Even I think it was Jerry the King Lawler. He was like, oh, like because that slide was too clean. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry the King, yeah, he was classic for that. Shout out Jerry the King Lawler. And what's the other homie? JR, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Burn I gotta watch Triple H, you son of a bitch. I gotta watch that again. I'm about to yeah, watch that shit's it. hilarious. I'm about to watch some WWF yeah. commentary. You have to. And I'll be watching their promos sometimes so I can practice my shit talking game too. That shit is hilarious. Triple H, you gonna burn in hell, you son of a bitch. I think that um <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> they hate Triple H. <laughs> I used to hate Triple H. I didn't I yeah, just he was now, a perfect villain. I just now started liking him. I don't I ain't really fuck with Triple H. Like <laughs> I really did not like him, but you didn't like the game. Nah, he was the game. Actually, he's the first game. Yeah, but I just know that Stone Cold Steve Austin is cooler than The Rock. Period. Even today, he's cooler than The Rock. Yeah. Oh yeah, The Rock was in a dope biopic about those um those goofies in Miami. Remember that movie with um Tupac? Oh, the Painted Game. Yeah, that movie. Bodybuilder guys. Yeah, that movie's a classic. I haven't seen it. You got to watch it, dog. But they were foolish, goofies. 
Supreme Goofies. Oh man, painting right. game. But yeah, there you guys, you have it. Uh, future no, is dead. I want you to tell Freddie Gibbs in your rock, stop being in the gang. This is your gang now. <laughs> hey man, Freddie Gibbs, I like you, dog. Just stop beefing with people so much, man. Especially, uh-uh, that's not what we especially want. in today's time. Like, I get it. You were supposed to come out in the early 2000s. You probably want to beef with <laughs> everybody. It's mid 2000s. You probably want to beef with everybody back then, but now it's easy to beef. Like, you know what I mean? And we don't like seeing rappers die either, so I'm not advocating that. And I just realized by watching this game that DeMar DeRozan has Heath Ledger tattooed on his shoulder. What? I'm looking at the Bulls-Milwaukee game, and I kept seeing Heath Ledger, and I realized DeMar DeRozan has the Joker tattooed on his shoulder. Do you respect that? All right, all right, man. Shabbos. Yeah, I don't want to bother people's tattoos, but <laughs> Freddie Gibbs, stop with the beef. Leave Benny the Butcher alone. Nobody, like, who hates Benny the Butcher? Like, come on, bro. Oh, Lord, you really, you acting like Benny the Butcher is Michael Jackson. Get out of here. He just seems like a cool guy who doesn't bother anybody. How are you going to beef with Benny the Butcher in currency? And Jim Jones, Jim Jones fucks with everybody. He's the capo, man. Just because he had vamp life? Oh, all right, all right. You're not the the king of (laughs) of a gang. You're not the king of that gang that's from Chicago. And you're not from Chicago? <laughs> All right. Hey, Freddie. Indiana, here. bro. I'm looking for the Triple S sold, sold separately. I just want better singles. I liked Gang Signs with Schoolboy Q. That was one of my favorite songs of 2021, most played according to Spotify. Um, the joint with Jada Kiss Black Illuminati, it was okay. And then this one. Oh, yeah, I like the Big Boss Rabbit when you rapped on You the Man. That was cool. And oh, the, yeah, they have that on. Cream, yeah, I don't know, man. It's they like the more on, singles he drops, the, the worse the hype gets for me. The You the Man joints on 2K. Oh, that's what's up. I played I played the video games on mute, so I never heard it over there. And this dumb Kennedy song is on there where he says, um, you backpack niggas don't want it. Oh, you rap track. Oh, you're nice. That's cool. Why is he going at backpacking people? Because they're corny, but that that's we're gonna talk about that next week on Chopper Soup Convos. We out. Future's Dan's husband. Oh, come on. I'm a man of God. I, I don't know. I don't play like that. He's my favorite artist. I do plan on writing a book about him one day, but I'm gonna keep it professional. No if a dread, if it, one of his dreads fell off, would you pick it up and keep it? Hell no, that's weirdo shit. Yeah, whatever. The hell would I do with that?